Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, Wealth Strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. 70, 80, 90% of job postings required a college degree. So you'd have these degree gaps of 30, 40, 50 percentage points. You could say, well, some jobs have gotten more complicated over time, but that much more complicated? Welcome to the Best New Ideas in Money, a podcast for MarketWatch. I'm Stephanie Kelton. I'm an economist and a professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University. And I'm Charles Passy, a reporter at MarketWatch. Each week, we explore innovations in economics, finance, technology, and policy that rethink the way we live, work, spend, save, and invest. Today, we're talking about new research that gives insight into what employers are thinking when they hire people. Specifically, it looks at whether they choose to require a four-year college degree for most jobs or not. Throughout the 2000s, the number of jobs that suddenly started stipulating college degree completion required began to climb, and that requirement began to penetrate jobs that had not historically required a college degree. That's Joseph Fuller, professor of management practice at Harvard Business School. He's the guy who co-wrote the study. Fuller is talking about a phenomenon called degree inflation. That's when employers start requiring a four-year college degree for jobs that didn't require one in the past. We'll get back to exactly why that happened a little later. When degree inflation happens, you end up excluding a lot of people, namely the nearly two out of three American workers who don't have a college degree. When you have a filter in what's called your applicant tracking system that says college degree required, that may be very well founded for the job you're advertising. I don't want a non-college graduate anesthesiologist for my surgery, but it has the effect, for example, of excluding 85% of African-Americans, 86% of Latinx. Fuller mentions the job of an anesthesiologist, That's, of course, a job that requires a degree, a few actually. And to be clear, we're not talking about all jobs or debating the importance of a college degree. Instead, we're looking at ideas that aim to create broader access to jobs in a time when a lot of employers are looking to fill them. And there's a new study that looks at just that. It's from the Burning Glass Institute, a nonprofit research center. They found in recent years, not having a college degree became less of a disqualifier for some jobs. According to the New York Times, in 2017, 51% of job listings required a college degree. That share had fallen to 44% in 2021. Professor Fuller says it's a change in how employers filter applicants in their systems. Some companies have their own software, whereas others might use a service like Indeed or Monster. By going into the system and removing the college degree filter, they opened up jobs to more people. The removal of these very arbitrary and binary filters just mathematically expands the people in the consideration set who are more diverse. We'll talk more about how this filtering process works and why employers change their practices in a moment. But first, in order to really understand what's behind this change, we need to take a look at why degree inflation started happening in the first place. It really started around 2010. In the years following the Great Recession, the job market was changing. 
the jobs that are growing in number in the United States and have higher average compensation growth than others are jobs that require substantial what we call social skills, the ability to interact with others, the ability to go into a group of strangers and be productive. I can understand why this customer is upset, and I have empathy for that customer. And what my current research shows is that employers correlated higher social skills with a college degree. At the same time, the demand for jobs in technology was rapidly increasing. Not just in data science and machine learning and the highest end, but suddenly the sensors and automation and management software in a warehouse are getting very sophisticated and require a better appreciation of technology and the ability to learn how a a newly deployed technology functions to get the most out of it. In some job classifications, I think employers started correlating the rate of technological change with the need for employees who had what they perceived to be better aptitude in learning new things, maybe more familiarity with technology, as well as higher social skills. Joseph Fuller found that these two demands made companies look for employees with college degrees in jobs that hadn't required one in the past. Some of my research, which was published in 2017, showed that you had these anomalies where 70, 80, 90% of job postings required a college degree, while at the same time, 25, 30, 33% of the actual holders of the position had a college degree. So you'd have these degree gaps of 30, 40, 50 percentage points, which seemed anomalous. You could say, well, some jobs have gotten more complicated over time, but that much more complicated? This happened mainly with what are considered middle-skilled jobs. Those typically require more than a high school diploma, but less than a college degree. Fuller says a classic example is an entry-level job in information technology. It's a very common job. You think of it as your IT help desk position. And throughout the early parts of the decade, suddenly college degree requirements started to appear for that position. Fast forward to 2018. That's when Fuller says this trend started to reverse, when the labor market got tighter. So you saw low unemployment, you saw record wage growth for the bottom quartile of the workforce, you saw record employment levels in populations, subpopulations like African Americans, very encouraging data. Once again, instead of weeding candidates out, employers had to widen their search. More recently, the recovery from the COVID pandemic has spurred the demand for workers even further. If you are suddenly looking to hire 100,000 people next year as Amazon, you are under extreme duress to broaden, open the aperture on the way you're looking for candidates. Harvard Business School worked with the Burning Glass Institute to look into exactly how big this reversal of degree inflation was. They analyzed more than 51 million job listings, looking at how employers were choosing and ranking different types of applicants. Joseph Fuller says that most employers use some kind of applicant tracking system, or ATS. That system can filter out certain candidates, depending on what kind of talent the employer is looking for. It will give the employer also multiple 
variables on which to rank and filter applicants. Do you have a criminal conviction? Yes, I have told the ATS system, I don't want any candidates that have criminal conviction. You're filtered out. It does not matter if the system sees you as being the best candidate versus all other candidates with that exception. You're out. No human being ever sees your application. There's, of course, a logical reason to add all these filters. Most companies are interested in finding the best candidate possible while filling a job as fast as they can and spending the least amount of money. So this is not my research, but the best available research says out of 250, 300 candidates, a company actually can consider five, six applicants. If you have 350 people who apply and 170 pass through the filters, am I going to hit print 175 times? Of course not. Fuller says the problem is that these filters can be pretty arbitrary. About 50% of employers in the United States looking at middle skills candidates exclude candidates that have a gap of more than six months in their resume. It could well be I had a child or I had a problem pregnancy or one of my parents was seriously ill or I'm a military spouse. Notice how it's an insidious filter because if I'm eliminated from half the jobs because I haven't had a job for a period, that compounds the chances I stay out of the labor market longer, which then triggers another risk, which is the way I describe my experience fits less and less well with the job description. Because the job description may be using now new terms or referring to new technologies that I don't have experience with. So on one level, you could say this is an issue with the automation of the application process. Right. And actually, Joseph Fuller says for that reason, this technology has some blind spots, one of which you can actually use to your advantage if you know how. There are services that will tell you how to improve your application for jobs. And one of the tricks, and it is a trick and it is an underhanded trick they teach, after you finish making your description of what you have done, copy the job description as posted by the employer and put it beneath your self-description of your work, but in white ink. The natural language processor sees the white ink. So it says, my gosh, this person's a perfect fit. They, they can do everything. But when the recruiter hits print, they've just gone to this extra page, this blank, oh, the printer printed out a spare page. Okay, so that's a clever hack, but I'm not sure how many people would find it an ethical hack. And to be clear, we're not recommending that people do this. At the same time, if I'm an employer and somebody is that clever and showing that level of ingenuity, maybe I do want them as my next hire. But we can't expect everybody to know all these hacks and spend all the time figuring out how to game the system. And that's not really the point. Fuller says that when employers removed the college degree filter, they had to change the wording of the job listing. In other words, when employers don't use the college degree as a stand-in for what they really want, soft skills like the ability to deal with customers, they had to explicitly include those requirements. When that requirement was taken out, 
what suddenly appeared in the job descriptions are much more extensive and richer descriptions of social skills requirements for the applicant. Coming up, how some companies are adopting new approaches to hiring, plus a former milkman's path to becoming a software engineer. That's after the break. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Welcome back to the Best New Ideas in Money. Before the break, we heard about a new study that shows how employers today are less likely to require a four-year college degree when hiring workers. Recently, a lot of big companies have promised to ease up on their college degree requirements. That includes the Business Roundtable, a nonprofit whose members are all CEOs. Remember, we're not talking about all jobs here. That study we talked about in the first half of the show was concentrated on what Joseph Fuller called middle-skilled jobs. Though degree inflation has lessened some in the last few years, there are still substantial differences across companies. Take the role of software quality assurance engineer. The report found that at Apple, 90% of postings for that role require a college degree. At fellow tech company IBM, 29%. When we really started focusing on this in 2016, 2017, about 80% of our U.S. job postings required a bachelor's degree. We're down to about 50% requiring a bachelor's degree. So we've made progress. We still have some room to grow. That's Kelly Jordan. She's Director for Career Skills and Performance at IBM. I lead a lot of our pipeline programs focused on skills-first hiring, apprenticeship, and re-entry programs for folks that have left the workforce. Kelly Jordan says there was a pretty simple reason why IBM needed to change their hiring practices. Supply and demand. Everybody was competing for the same talent, and it was becoming harder and harder to fill all of the jobs that we needed to fill. And today, every company is a technology company, even if they don't claim that that's their industry. Everybody is looking for tech skills. And so when you think about the number of students that are graduating from universities with computer science degrees, it's simply not enough to fill all of the open jobs that exist. IBM has removed the college degree filter from the application process for some positions, though not for all. The research division, for example, is staffed by PhDs. Jordan says opening up the pool of applicants for certain jobs has made the candidate pool more diverse. If you aren't creating technology with a diverse set of technologists, you're not necessarily solving for the problems that the world is facing. Of course, this isn't the only way to increase the pool of applicants in tech jobs. Pipeline programs in universities have been developed to tackle the issue. Easing degree requirements can work in tandem with those efforts. Beyond removing the college degree requirement, IBM is also providing specific training. As a path to becoming a software engineer, for example, the company offers apprenticeships. IBM has had around 2,000 apprentices since they started the program in 2017. 
When I would look at jobs before and they required a four-year degree, a lot of the times I just kind of wouldn't apply. And some where I knew I could do the job, those jobs, there were there were few and far between. You know, and honestly, I'd, I'd get like one or two interviews, but I'd never hear back. That's Richard Yavara. He's an apprentice software engineer at IBM. His program is a combination of training and actual work that takes 12 months to complete. So it's like 50% schooling and 50% work. So you learn how to work on a team. And some of these courses are not just like technology, it's also the work environment. Before starting at IBM, Yavara did have a little experience. He had taken a coding boot camp at his local university. And before he did that... I was the milkman. <laughs> Years earlier, Yavara had started college, but he dropped out. He says he had had friends who had recently graduated college but were struggling to find work. When he was in school, he had a job at a grocery store in the dairy department that paid well and had benefits. Around the time, they were just complaining about their loans and how they don't have jobs yet. And I was like, I, I don't want this. I'm comfortable. I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to settle. But as he got older, he's 45 today, he started feeling the impact of the very physical labor. The requirements are you have to lift, be able to lift 50 pounds more, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I just was tired all the time. Yavara says he didn't have much energy left for anything else, like hosting his Friday night radio show. He dreaded things that he had previously enjoyed, like volunteering to coach a baseball team. He felt kind of stuck, but because he didn't have a college degree, a lot of doors weren't open to him. I don't see myself going back to school and accruing a ton of debt, you know, $50,000, $60,000 debt. I just don't see that. And then that's a big investment to take a risk and not get a, you know, a decent paying job. When a friend got a job at IBM, he decided to try for the same thing. Lo and behold, I, I moved to you know, New Haven, Connecticut. I applied to the software engineer apprenticeship. I get the interview and I got the job and it, it's been it's been great. The report from the Harvard Business School and the Burning Glass Institute projects that over the next five years, an additional 1.4 million jobs could open to workers without college degrees. So, Stephanie, what do we make of this apprenticeship idea? Is it a good thing? I think, you know, Charles, back in the day, 40, 50 years ago, employers would hire workers without college degrees. And the expectation was that, of course, you're going to have to train these workers to do the kinds of things that you expect of them. So there are benefits to having a four-year college degree independent of the skills you gain. But it is good for people to have the kind of choices that this gives. Not everybody needs a college degree. And these apprenticeships, I think, are just good in terms of offering the broader population different ways to you know, find their place in society. Now, all of that being said, this change is still pretty small. 37% of middle-skilled jobs still have degree requirements. But Joseph Fuller from Harvard Business School says this may be a historic opportunity for companies who choose to innovate. And if you are slow to do so, if your competitors are quicker at developing what I call talent management pipelines, if they're more agile in terms of thinking about what do I actually need a person to be able to do, then I will get more of the better people. And that should translate into a meaningful competitive advantage over time relative to companies that are less agile 
less able to recognize what the future holds and more hidebound. When Richard Yavara finishes his IBM program, he hopes to continue working there. His chances should be good. IBM says they hire more than 90% of all apprentices they train. And he says that changing jobs has created more room in his life for the things he loves. WHUPLP Hillsborough. I am Richard Yavara. I can tell you, I'm glad I made the decision. It was well worth it. I, I can participate in life. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not tired. I, I have energy. I can coach baseball. I can do my radio show that I have on Friday nights. You know, it's, it's good stuff. Thanks for listening to the best new ideas in money. You can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. And if you have ideas for future episodes, drop us a line at bestnewideasinmoney at marketwatch.com. Thanks to Joseph Fuller, Kelly Jordan, and Richard Yavara. To learn more about how job requirements are impacting the workforce, head to marketwatch.com. I'm Stephanie Kelton. And I'm Charles Passy. The Best New Ideas in Money is a podcast for MarketWatch produced by Best Case Studios. Suzanne Myers is our producer. Our associate producer is Hannah Leibowitz Lockard. The executive producer for Best Case Studios is Adam Pincus. For MarketWatch, Melissa Haggerty is the executive producer, and the producers are Meta Lutzhoft and Katie Ferguson, who also mixed this episode. Jeremy Binks is our news editor. The Best New Ideas in Money theme was composed by Sam Retzer. Stephanie Kelton is an economist and professor of economics and public policy at Stony Brook University and not part of the MarketWatch newsroom. We'll be back next week with another new idea.